Theorizing that Quantum Leap would hold up after 30 years, two friends set out to watch every episode and vanished. Oh boy. Sam is a DJ of rock and roll. To keep it on the air is his goal. That guy has got an axe. Oh boy! Featuring Kristen and Leet. Yeah! Hi, welcome to another episode of Oh, oh boy, boy, it's, it's Kristen, Kristen and Leet. I'm Leet. I'm Kristen. Uh, what do we do on this show, Kristen? <sighs> I feel like every time you ask me that, it's a trap. It's a trap. Because you make fun of it. Uh, we we to discuss the episode of Quantum Leap that we just watched together. And Kristen, what episode of Quantum Leap did we just watch together? We watched Good Morning Peoria. That's what it's called? That's Good Morning Peoria. Good Morning Peoria. I love saying the word Peoria. Peoria? Peoria. It has a lot of vowels. Yeah. Yeah. Only two consonants. That's right. Yeah. It's like Unoya. I don't know that one. Unoya is a word that contains every English vowel. Well, I mean, it's E-U-N-O-I-A, so it's skipping the W and the Y, but, you know. There's no W in the... W is not a vowel. It can be. What? W? Yeah. W. Think, think of the word ah. There's no consonant in that word. Yeah, but it's like why? It's like it's sometimes a vowel. This that I've, makes no sense though. Why not? No, cool. A e i o u and sometimes y. It's not a e i o u and maybe sometimes y okay. and maybe perhaps okay. a w here and there. Maybe a t. Sometimes you know. <laughs> If you want to throw a B in there. No, because... Like, you can't just do that. Yes, vowels are vowels. No, I disagree. Vowels vowels and consonants are, are uh, phonetic um, um, descriptors. Like, tell, what is the consonant of the word A-W-E? Well, it's a consonant. We just don't pronounce it as such in it. That's what I think. I think it's a pronunciation thing. Like Exactly, exactly. It's pronounced as a vowel, therefore it's a vowel. No, 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 no. Like, so does that mean the word plow, P-L-O-U-G-H, that the G or the H or both is a vowel? No, they're silent. Fuck you. He's just fucking with me and he knows it now. No, I stand by my W assertion, but that's fine. It's just exactly the same as a Y. Why is why sometimes a vowel and sometimes not? Why are you still here? All right, I'll see myself <laughs> out. My question. Um, um, Sam leaps into Howlin' Chick Howl, who is a DJ at a, a small radio station in Peoria, Illinois, that only has three employees, it seems. Yeah, so can we just talk about how in the teaser he leaps and he's like, oh my God, I'm a DJ. Yeah. Like... That's the craziest. Like, like I, I understand that it's not fun. The quantum leap thing isn't fun if he's not, like, jarred mm-hmm. every time. But, like, you just came back from being a woman. And a concert pianist. And, oh, that's right. 
and uh, and yeah, um, and a fucking fighter pilot day one. Exactly. Like you've been through worse. Yeah. Like you. Not that it's worse to be a woman, but <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I meant. But you know what I mean. He's been through harder things. Things yeah. that are. That, that have been trickier. Yeah. And this, I mean, I get it. You're not a radio DJ. You, you're, he's kind of a reserved dude. But, like, you'll be fine. Yeah, you'll fucking manage. It's it's not the craziest But he thing. doesn't. He, like, the first thing, like, immediately what happens is, like, he's, he's so s- sitting there and he's like, oh, my God, what do I do? What do I do? And then the, ra- the, the record stops playing and he just sits there until the owner of the uh, station, whose name is... Rachel. She's played by uh, Patricia Richardson. Patricia Richardson. Who's the mom from Home Improvement. Um, Right. um, She taps on the glass and says, are you going to do anything? And he goes, uh, uh, I don't. And then he starts knocking shit over and like throwing the microphone around. He's completely useless. So useless. And she goes, oh, how about that advertisement? And he goes, what advertisement? And she goes, the piece of paper in your hand. Yeah, she's like, just read the advertisement. And he does, and all of a sudden, like, maybe because he's nervous, but he sounds like he can't read. He, like, this is (laughs) Sam Beckett, um, Nobel Prize winning, 12 PhDs. He cannot read regular ad copy. Yeah. And, and... Train time, train time, train time, train time. And, and and also, so you're like, well, maybe he has a fear of public speaking, but it's like, no, I'm sorry. If you have 12, however many PhDs, you 7, have, 9, 15. You have played Carnegie Hall. You are not performance anxious. Not to mention that before all this, like, I'm sure you were delivering speeches and dissertations mm-hmm. and lectures and shit. I mean, you won the Nobel Prize. You probably had to get up and, you know, yeah. just, Sam, you're better than this. Yeah. Um, and also, like... They're also, um, in the teaser from last week's episode, it's about mm, 18 seconds long. He, like, um, he, he leaps in, he sees, like, the microphone and the record, and he uh, finds a mirror, and he looks at himself, and he goes, oh my god, I'm a DJ, and that's the cliffhanger. This one's, like, a minute and a half of him not knowing what to do, and yeah. then after that, after, like, a solid minute and a half of him scrambling, he goes, oh my god, I'm a DJ, and it cuts to credits. I'm like... This is the saddest cliffhanger kind of um, um, cold open I've ever seen in my life. There's no reason this should be anything but a walk in the park for Sam Beckett. Yeah, yeah. And they play it out for so fucking long. Yeah, and and Rachel and the other fellow in the booth are just like wide-eyed, like what is wrong with him? Like, I would be like, is he having He's on a drugs. Yeah. Yeah, something's going on with Howlin' Chuck Chuckson or whatever. Howlin' Chuck Howl. <laughs> Howlin' Chuck Howl. Um, At radio station WOF. So it's woof, and he's howling and he's woofing all the way through this I entire see. episode. I see. He's so. woofing, he's howling. That's right. He's howling and woofing. And, uh, and, and then, yeah, his boss, Rachel, is like, what the fuck was that? She's, fuck, she's kind of mad at him, understandably. And he says, we hear in his mind, he goes like, sometimes people just rub you the wrong way and you want to rub them back. <laughs> I'm like, well, first of all, that's weird, especially given that you do kind of end up, quote unquote, yeah. rubbing her back. <laughs> like literally rubbing her back. 
Um, and, uh, yeah. So I find that funny because I'm like, maybe she's being kind of mean to you because she's your boss and you really fucked up live on air. Yeah. Like, she absolutely has a reason to be upset with you in this moment. Absolutely. Um, we find out it's the 50s. Um, um... After after this uh, kind of contentious interaction between Ch- Chick and uh, mm-hmm. Rachel, then this other this nameless other DJ at the radio station. Are you going to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say that for a second. I thought maybe the premise will be that he he hates her, and he has to fall in love with her. He has to be with a woman that he hates, and Sam will have like a big issue with that. Like like Sam Sam hates, but like Chick loves her. Yeah, or yeah. like. Al's like, you gotta, you gotta be with her. Like that Ziggy says. And, <laughs> That's a very good Al impression. I, I'm really owning it <laughs> as we do this. <laughs> it's actually not far from my Al Pacino either. Al's in general, I'm very good at. Um, yeah, especially because he has such trouble even like pretending to love women that he kind of does like. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I just thought that would be funny. Like, yep. you gotta marry her. He's like, but I can't stand her. What a conundrum. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go on. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say, um, yeah, um, after that interaction, the other, the nameless other DJ at this radio station goes and says, oh, you got it bad for her, huh? And Sam's like, no, no, I don't. He's like, ah, no, you've been mooning over her for years. And he's like, no, I don't like her. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> she's, she's, she's mean. I don't like her. It's like, what? Her? Ugh. Ugh. He really doesn't like her just because she yelled at him because he fucked up. Um, Which I also thought was kind of funny that he was so mad at her at first. And it's like, she's a woman in the 50s who runs a radio station. And you're like, I don't like her. She seems mean. It's like, you just got... Like, two episodes ago, you were experiencing sexism in the workplace in the 60s. Can you just for a second imagine how hard it is for this woman? Yeah. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. Like, this is um, not a very progressive episode. No. Yeah, in many ways. There's a lot of stuff going on here. I'm just going to flag Al wearing a silver... Oh, yeah. Silver, poofy bomber jacket kind of thing. It was really gorgeous. Yeah. And I really like that one. Sam ends his radio show with a, a very kind of low energy sign off. Being like, "This is uh, my name is uh, Chick, 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 Chick Cowell, and uh, this is W O F." He looks on at the, the radio <laughs> at the sign on the window, but it's backwards. He's like, "Follow W O F," like reads it backwards, and then like, and I thought to myself that. Sam is the worst person for this job in this moment. And I guess we're supposed to think that, but because he's so meek. He's just so meek. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But then he overcomes that. To yeah. Be a big personality through channeling Robin Williams in Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah. And, which they sir, don't. I know Robin Williams, and you are no Robin <laughs> Williams. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> um,. Um, we have an interaction with uh, Rachel and Chick and uh, Fred Beeman, who's going to be our antagonist this episode. They meet in the lobby of the radio station. Yeah, yeah, and he's going to pull his advertising because he doesn't believe in rock and roll. He doesn't like. <clears throat> he doesn't like the rock and roll. 
the rock and or the roll. And he he's a big player in this town. He owns both a newspaper and a hardware store. So he's... Oh. 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 He's a regular... Um, what's the name Jeff of that? Bezos. Oliver Jules. <laughs> Oliver mind. Jules? Never mind. I don't know if I can mention him. You know, the guy in Toronto who sells... I'm, I'm thinking of like who are big players in Toronto. John Tory. Oliver Dude. Oliver Platt. Oliver Platt. <laughs> um, Toronto tycoon. So um, um, the great thing about this scene, or one, one of the really funny things, is uh, um, at one point Beeman looks at, at uh, Sam and goes, you don't have kids, do you, Mr. Howell? And then Sam just gets this like, I wonder, do I have? He kind of just stares confusedly, and I'm like, fair enough. Which is like, I hope he doesn't, because he's at this radio station for like four days straight. Well, and it's a good thing that, yeah, that's true. That's true. God, he really should have looked into that. We never see him leave the radio station. Just what like, if he's like... See him like like pull out a phone book and look his own phone number up and call it and be like, hello, hello? Is anyone there? And like... I imagine, uh, uh, you know, poor Howlin' Chuck, Chick. Um, Howlin' Chick, um, Chick Chickerson, Chick, Howley, Ch- Howley, Howley Chick, Howley Chick, Chick, um, that he he goes home after Sam has left, and he's like, oh, like, oh, time to go home, regular day, and like his dog has died, <laughs> like <laughs> that's a terrible surprise, um. Yeah. <laughs> It's like I blacked out for a few days. <laughs> like, I guess they don't do that. Yeah, they do. They kind of have Swiss, Swiss cheese memory. So he's like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember doing all this stuff, but not really. And yet I didn't like remember to, to water my, my plants yeah. and bring in my mail <laughs> and take care of, yeah, the people um, who depend on me. So Fred Beeman is going to ban rock and roll. He's going to go to, like, the city council meeting or whatever, ban rock and roll. But uh, Sam and, and Rachel... Um, are, are standing up and trying to convince him that rock and roll is not so bad. And in this scene, did you notice that Sam was standing like really close to Rachel? Yeah. Even though like eight seconds ago, he'd been like, oh, I hate this woman. She's so annoying. I don't like her at all. And then he's like, like resting his head on her shoulder while they're having this conversation. <laughs> like right in her face. Yeah. Um. This whole thing was like, there was very inconsistent, like... Does Sam like her? Does he hate her? Does he like being a DJ? Does he hate being a DJ? They just um, keep bouncing back and forth for a while on these things. Yeah. Well, because at one point Al says something like, uh, you know, like, she does like you. It's like on the playground when you pull the pigtails of the girl you like. And it's like, that's a running theme in this, I guess. Especially, I think that's what they're trying to establish with Sam being like, sometimes people just rub you the wrong way. That the feeling that he earlier mistook for loathing is actually yeah. budding love, you know? Yeah. Like, and that, so the scene that you're talking about where he's like a little too close to her while they're talking uh, to Beeman, I thought about that immediately. Like, even before Al said that, I'm mm-hmm. like, so he's like, he's yeah, developing romantic feelings. Well, of course, for it's her. a pretty woman in Quantum Leap. Of course, they're gonna kiss. But I, I know it's just that like it was so clearly like not a red herring, but like a fake out for him to be like, I don't like her. I'm like, you're gonna love her. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, it was kind of dumb. But. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but also, they like the two 
actors didn't have much chemistry. Did you find? Uh, I found they were in everything. I found that they had bad chemistry until they made out, and then it was again super sexy. But maybe that's just because, like, maybe maybe Bacula is just good at smooching because <laughs> he makes smooching look great. <laughs> <laughs> when in reality it's horrible <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate that smooching <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Um, yeah I don't know maybe he's just good at kissing scenes because yeah. I, I, I feel like his chemistry was waning until that moment but yeah yeah, I like they, were both, yeah. they were both doing good acting individually but they just kind of there was no no sparks really yeah. Throughout. Not even in that like will like do they love each other, do they hate each other kind of way. Like it was just kind of like, like two a- two actors acting near each other. Yeah. Yeah, they're both good in their own way, but yeah. Okay, so we like cut to the street cuz the only other location in this or the only other two locations in this episode are like the street outside the radio station yeah. and like the like soda shop yeah, the, or which whatever is you call. like on that street. It seems to be like across the street exactly. from the radio station. Like, you know, Pop Tate's malted shop from Archie yeah. Comics is basically the other location. So kids are dancing in the street, like teenagers. Oh, we do see like a few miscellaneous shots of teenagers listening to the radio, I think. Yeah, we do have kind of, it's basically a montage ba- yeah. of like the squares who want to shut down the radio station and the kids who like are dancing and having a good time. So, like, a bunch of the kids are dancing in the street, and, like, a guy's throwing a girl around, mm-hmm. and, like, her skirt goes over her head, and we full-on see her undies in the street, like, in public in daytime. And I'm like, see, this is the kind of thing that we should avoid if we don't want rock and roll shut down, in my professional opinion. Yeah, but they have no like, control over that. Like, the radio station isn't responsible for, for no. this, this woman's knickers. You no, know, I know. I'm just like, oh, Beeman's not going to like this. Yeah, for sure, for sure, <laughs> That's all for I sure. thought. It's like, try to support the cause for a few hours mm-hmm. by so, <laughs> keeping your dress down. So this this takes place the following morning when uh, Sam shows up for work. And this is my confusion, is he shows up at the radio station. He's like, he's like, he's like two and a half minutes, I think he says, before he's supposed to, supposed to go on the air. And he starts like leafing through records and showing them to Al and being like, is this a good record to play? And Al's like, no. And she's like, is this a good record? And Al's like, no. And, <laughs> and Sam is like, oh, no, I don't even know what I'm going to say on the air. And I was like, why wasn't he practicing all night long? Yeah. Like, why is he showing up? And being like, I don't know how to DJ. Yeah, it took place over a few days, like, right? Also like but ra- it was treated like it all happened yeah. in a few hours. Radio station shifts are only like four hours long. So he had 20 hours between the end of that one shift and the beginning of the next to learn anything about rock and roll. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know any songs. And he, um, he, uh. I mean, he had time to come up with the, I guess he didn't come up with the bits. He just sat down and was like, I'm going to do like that movie. Yeah. And by that movie, it's Good Morning Vietnam, but yeah. they can't full out be like, that's what we're doing this Although episode. the title pretty much does. That's true. Yeah. But like, yeah. So, um. But he's also like fucking terrible at it. Like he's not good at impressions as oh. Robin Williams is. He's not really that energetic the way that Robin Williams is. He's not telling actual jokes. 
Oh no, he just shows up and he's like, zippity doo da, wibbity bidi, dibba dibba doo, like making silly noises in a funny voice. Yeah. I mean, the best thing he did was come up with that stupid Invisible Man bit so that he could like get Al's help. Yeah. In a way that makes sense and is kind of funny. They, yeah, they just do this cute little bit about, like, I've got the invisible man here, and he says, and I'll say something, like, he says he wants to no, this... screw all the women. <laughs> like... <laughs> That's not, uh, so, no, it began with Al feeding him lines and being like, oh, oh, say this, this is funny, and Sam does, but then when he starts doing the invisible man part, Al is no longer feeding him lines. He's just like setting himself up and doing it different ways. He's like, oh, uh, the invisible man here uh, is here. What do you, uh, what's the best thing about being an invisible man? Uh, the ladies change room. Oh, what's the worst thing about being the invisible man? Oh, uh, I can't find my cigar. Like, it's, he's like, he's no Al longer. Al chimes in with one thing. Does he? Then getting the invisible girl in the back of oh, the car. Oh, that's true. He did do that. Uh, which, again, Rachel seems both horrified and really into it proud of like i don't know like she's oh yeah yeah like the first time he does it in the booth they're like completely stunned yeah (laughs) which fair enough like no i guess the idea is that this is like the first kind of radio personality like this which like now it's a trope (laughs) <laughs> um, then while, while they're, uh, playing, while he's doing this big character thing, um, a brick comes through the window by somebody who does not <laughs> like rock and roll. The brick. Yeah. I, I think that that's such a hilarious, it, it makes sense as these things do, like when, you know, people who are conservative in nature are like, tone it down. <laughs> like, like use like violence to tell people to stop being so crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're like, wait a minute. Exactly, like, oh man, rock and roll is going to lead uh, the children to do bad things, so I'm going to do violence on you. Uh, Rock and roll makes people violent! (laughs) Also, the the brick came right through, it came through the window and right through Al, and then broke the uh, thing, which was, uh, like, neat. I mean, obviously, um, when when Al is interacting with the world as a hologram, like, stepping through shit or things are jumping through him, they've got, like, quite bad green screen technology, so you can always tell the difference. You're like, when Al is standing in front of a window and you can tell that he's green screened in, you're like, ah, something's (laughs) coming through the window, 100%, or he's gonna walk through it. Someone's gonna walk through Al. at, At the moment I saw that shot, I was like, oh... A fucking car is going to drive through the window. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would certainly uh, put an end to the radio station. But Um, yeah, just a brick. Um, And it breaks breaks the soundboard, which is like a good fucking shot, y'all. Like whoever threw that brick, like really knew how to break this machine. (laughs) Knew exactly what to do, yeah. Yeah. But luckily, Sam is really good with technology. Went to MIT. Yeah, yeah. Um... He makes, while he's fixing it, he makes uh, an offhand comment about Apple. Yeah, which again, uh, we're uh, both Sam. Just like, Sam, like, you know. Surely by now. you know they don't have computers right now. I mean, yeah. they have com- they, they, computers. Not exist, those kind but, of computers, yeah. But Apple, you know that Apple didn't yeah, exist. Sam, you know that. Be better at time travel. <laughs> Then he goes, oh, you know, I meant, you know, uh, W-A-P-L, which is a radio station up in up, upstate New York. And uh, Rachel just kind of goes like, uh, sure, I guess, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. I do not care. <laughs> um, he fixes the board, and then 
Oh, what, guess what? who walks in? Guess who walks <laughs> in? It's our very first Golden Shoehorn nominee. <laughs> yeah. So Chubby Checker. Is it Ch- Chubby Checker or Chubby Checkers? Chubby Checker. <laughs> okay. Chubby Checker is in the radio station. Yeah, he comes in and he's got the demo for the twist, basically. Yeah. And Al is like, oh my God, Sam, look who it is. Oh my God, Al Sam. Al is the biggest Chubby Checker fan. Um, and then, yeah, so Sam runs right up to him and starts singing goes, the twist. Oh, you're Chubby Checker. I loved your music. And Chubby Checker is like, this is my first... Demo? Yeah. And Sam's like, oh, you know, like the twist, which the dance that you invented. And He'll, he starts He also doing starts it. singing the tw- twist, yeah. right? He's like, do the twist. And if, and Chubby Tiger doesn't stop to be like, how the fuck yeah. have you heard Who this demo? Who fucking snitched? <laughs> <laughs> or like, what if it had the opposite effect? Because what ends up happening, yeah, is that he starts dancing the twist and Chubby Checker is like, oh my God, that's a great dance. And like starts twisting Do you mind if too. I use that for my act? Yeah. But, like, what if it had the opposite effect and Sam comes up and he's like, hey, do the twist. And Toby Jacob was like, oh, my God, someone else wrote the twist. Oh. I can't I can't release this. It would be an infringement of copyright. Like, Or better Congratulations, yet. you're the better man. You wrote the twist first. And he just leaves <laughs> and gives up music. I also prefer, I like this, too, is that, you know, Sam goes out to and starts doing the twist. And then Chubby Checker goes, that looks fucking stupid. Like, that is the worst fucking dance I've ever seen. What the fuck is that? I will never move my body in such a way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And And then Sam leaves. He joins the anti-rock and roll. Sam leaves because he was there to stop the career of Chubby Checker. (laughs) You've got to stop the twist from happening. (laughs) Rock and roll is fine, but the twist, no dice. (laughs) You have a, an opportunity to stop all of the pain and suffering caused by the twist. <laughs> all of those sprained vertebra. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that was real shoehorned in. Also, it, okay. we, we, were, we were talking right before we turned the microphone on. They went to some effort to make Chubby Checker look 35 years younger. But 35 years, my dude. Uh, you could have you um, uh, done your, your buddy Holly and hired an actor who looks like a young version of that guy. Yeah, could've but clearly that. they, you know, it was like a thing. Like, we gotta get Chubby Checker on and it'll be such a cool quantum leap thing. I don't think they've done, like, a celebrity No, I like appearance. the idea that... Like Chubby Checker was a Quantum Leap fan and just wrote. How do we get me on on Quantum Leap? If you're ever doing a thing set in the fifties, call me. And they're like, really? (laughs) What about if we're doing a thing set in nineteen eighty nine? Years ago. How about we'll just put you into a present day episode? Yeah. Where you look like you're sixty. Yeah. That's a good plan. Yeah, and. And, like, that's all he does. He just comes in and he's like, hey, I like that dance, uh, as he's holding his demo. Yeah. And Sam's like, you gotta play this demo, and he gives the record to Rachel, who... Who just runs into the studio and throws it that's on. That's not true. She does a little bit of a twist on her way out. Oh, she does. She kind of stops and is like, I kind of like this okay, twist like this thing. twist. And then there's a really uncomfortably long, and by uncomfortably long, I probably only mean, like, 20, 30 seconds, but... On TV, that's a long that's time. A long TV for time. three people, maybe four if you count Rachel, who's like walking away and twisting, mm-hmm. to just stand there and be dancing. Yeah, like but they also play that's... that. They play that beat with Rachel like two or three times of her um, 
starting to do the twist and be like, oh, I get it. But they play that like while she's in the room and then again a second later while she's in the room and then while she's in the hallway down to the studio. Like they're just playing, repeating this same beat of her being like... Kind of getting in the spirit of the twist. Yeah. 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 It's like have her kind of be like, this is stupid. Then the second beat is maybe this isn't stupid. And the third beat is I love this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that could have made it a bit interesting. But instead, yeah, you just get these people standing there doing the twist while the twist is playing. And it just really made you think, like, Quantum Leap got Chubby Checker for this episode. This is the only thing he's here to do. But they got to milk it for, like, at least a minute because mm-hmm. they they paid him to be on set that day. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. Golden Shoehorn contender for sure. Very good. Um, very good um do you ever did you notice in this episode how much sam is moving the microphone around while he's talking into it yeah it made me so nervous it's i don't really know how those kind of microphones work but like obviously the um like the the kind of it's mounted on a on the a, arm should accordion be fine. thing yeah so that it can be moved around but i can't imagine the 1950s microphones if you grabbed it by the actual while mic you're talking part. like this is okay uh, for our listening audience this is a microphone i bought like two or three years ago to like mid middle range 2018 microphone and this is what it sounds like when they move it around That was, like, fairly conservative moving around, right? Yeah, oh, nothing compared to what Sam was doing. And yeah, like you said, this is from 20... Like, you, you bought this in 2018. 2016, 17, 2016. probably. 2016. Still, this is a modern microphone. Yeah. So, yeah. This is like... Fun. They're in an AM radio station in 1950. Like, it's... All they're hearing is it's like holding up a bag of gravel to the mic and shaking it the entire time he's moving the mic. Every time he does it, uh, like Rachel's in the booth, like, oh no, what are you doing? <laughs> Don't, oh, oh, it. It's like you're not even a radio professional. <laughs> yeah, it's like you have no idea how to do this. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, so then we see like this group of old people in the malted shop. Yeah. Like, the, the cop, the mayor. The mayor, I think. Yeah. And then uh, Beeman. Beeman and his wife. Yeah. And they're like, we're gonna shut down rock and roll for good. And they all stand there and go like, ha ha ha. Like old people laughing <laughs> maniacally. But also Beeman's wife is always just chiming in being like, I don't think it's so bad. Except right at the, except for this scene where she's laughing with them. Oh, is she? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember thinking, who's this old lady who's like... Fuck rock and roll. Fuck it. Fuck rock and roll. You know what? Rock and roll's the fucking worst, and I hate it. But then later she's like, calm the fuck down, guys. It's not that bad. Like, she's the first. Can I nominate her as her Dixie of the Week? She's fucking hilarious. I loved her. She's so funny. And she's just like drinking her little milkshake and being like, I think the kids are doing fine. Now that I've thought about it. I love rock and roll. I just needed to listen to more of it. I like the twist. <laughs> it's all about the twist, Fred. So Fred keeps calling the radio station and being like, oh, I'm going to shut you down. Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, yeah. This is this is the skin a cat scene where they're <laughs> like, well, we... Bit of so at this at this point, um, like they've they've managed to pass the law uh, banning rock and roll in Peoria. 
And uh, Sam and uh, Rachel have said, like, no, we don't agree with that law. We're going to keep playing rock and roll. And then the rest of the episode is an escalating series of events of them trying to shut down the radio station. That's kind of the structure of this episode moving forward. And there's also this recurring thing, too. Fred Fred Beeman is like... Is like you gotta go in there and arrest everyone, and the mayor's like, "If we do that, I'm not gonna win the next election. If we start using police force to yeah. force people out of their own property, yeah. like exactly, which Plus, absolutely all of can't the obvious, do that. all of the obvious freedom of speech issues. Oh yeah, yeah. Like we can't shut down a radio station for peaceably playing music. Yeah, and the police chief or police officer whatever he is it's like yeah for sure like the mayor and the police chief are like well we can't really do that like we we passed the law but like that's kind of all we're gonna do beeman's like kill them oh no we can't kill them (laughs) no we're not we're not gonna commit murder oh no we're not gonna do that and fred's wife is like i also think that's a bit much fred (laughs) like basically it's all of the old people who were like yeah fuck rock and roll are like but (laughs) <laughs> like that's we're just that's the end of it like, yeah fuck rock and roll we're gonna we want to go home and fred's like no yeah. burn them <laughs> in, this, in this particular scene of the olds in the malt shop um fred they're, they're having this conversation like well we passed the law and they're still playing music what are we what are we gonna do and they're like well i i there's different options available to us it's like yes that's true we have other options oh there's more than one way to skin a, skin a cat no because it's like he's like I think I have another idea. I, I think I have a different way to stop this. And he's like, well, what are you going to do? And he's like, there's a different, there's another way to skin a cat. There's more than one way to skin a cat. And it's like, I didn't ask you to clarify what you said when you said, there's yeah. a different way we can do this. And you clarified it with a metaphor yeah. for what you just said. Like, I asked you to elaborate. But that also, like, it makes sense because his plan ends up... N- not being a plan. He calls her on the telephone. It's not a plan at all. It's just, it's let fully, me just call her. He, and like, we only hear, this is what that scene actually looks like. Uh, we see him go up to a telephone booth. Then we cut to inside the studio where Rachel picks up the phone and says, hello, Fred. And then there's a pause and she goes, well, we're not going to stop playing. And she hangs <laughs> up the phone. And then we come back to the phone booth and he goes, damn it. Well, that didn't work. That did not work. Well, there's another way we can do this. And what's that way? All roads lead to Rome. What? <laughs> a fox smells his own hole first. What? Wait, what? <laughs> That's a saying. No, it is not. Yeah, it is. A fox smells his own hole first? Yeah. What? I think it's a saying. They for sure use it, I know, in a comedic movie, so I'm making sure. It means hole as in, like, it's lair. That's another one. The fox smells its own lair first. What does it mean? Um, I think it means like when you're like, um, let me look it up. I always read it like, if you're like, something stupid's going on here, it's like, maybe it's you. (laughs) That's not a good description. (laughs) (laughs) On Yahoo Answers, someone says like, What's the meaning of a fox smells its own lair first? And someone, re- the best answer is smoke them if you got them, which is not no. the meaning. If a person is accusing you of, say, cheating, you should watch what you're doing before you criticize others is yeah. someone's response. Fair. You know what I mean? There's other expressions for that. But this is an expression for Whoever that. Whoever smelt not... it, dealt it. 
if, if you accuse someone of doing something like cheating at cards or stealing something of yours, I think it's implying that like, are you just thinking that because that's how you think because you're a yeah, thief or exactly. a cheat? That's, that's the thing that, yeah, comes up a lot, especially in this particular um, uh, American president administration. With... It's just like, it's like you think everybody's cheating all the time because you yourself are cheating all the time. Yeah. Or, or like, yeah, when he went around on the Joe Biden thing about like, oh, he's a sexual predator. It's like, um, yeah, dude. Trump, <laughs> like, you want to? It's uh, the maybe fox don't smelling the kettle's hole. It's it's the two birds in one hole. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the next tactic that Beeman does is he shuts off the power to um, the the radio station. <laughs> Sorry, I just looked at my note and it says his scheme was to phone. Yeah. I, just, I think I, I, I the more really, I think about how his big plan was just to call her and be like, "Stop it!" <laughs> I really want to know if he was like, "What his was he so like?" Please, <laughs> like, I, I have a brilliant plan. Come on. Uh... We don't like it. <laughs> uh, sorry. Oh, yeah. So the power goes out. The power goes out. At which point they're fumbling in the dark. And she's like, hey, keep your hands to yourself or something. Or she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I was just looking for the doorknob. And she's like, doorknobs are usually placed a bit lower than that. I'm like, the first reading of that is the obvious one that they meant, which is, why would you be reaching up at breast level if you were looking for a doorknob? But my reading is, why don't you try fumbling around a little lower? (laughs) I just really liked that stupid moment. Yeah, that was so (laughs) stupid. Yeah. I don't know what, uh, so they find the backup generator or whatever, and I don't know what generator symbols typically look like, but this one looked like the Deathly Hallows. <laughs> so I thought that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like a, uh, don't, don't electrocute yourself symbol. I think it was just like a, there's, there's power, don't. It pretty much was the Invisibility Cloak Philosopher's Stone Elder Wand. No, I know the symbol you mean. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. It's the one that's like this and then that and then that. Yep. Yeah. I have this and that and then that, friends. listeners. I have several friends who have that tattoo. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a very popular fucking tattoo. nerds. Uh, eh. They got out of the basement. They turn on the generator, and it's this is the very beginning, the first instance where you're like, oh yeah. I mean, it's not. It's it's the first instance where they start to be obviously attracted to each other. Well, and like they've both like unbuttoned their like her they're all sweaty from turning yeah, the generator yeah. on manually. And then the train AC time, train train train, train, train. Um, and then, yeah, the generator can't run the AC and the radio station, so they have to turn off the AC and they start getting real hot and bothered. Oh, I didn't even think about that, which is interesting because I I noticed that the malted shop has a big air conditioning sign at the mm. front which i guess back then it was like a huge thing to be like our restaurant has air conditioning it's colder than the outside yeah like come in here we have this newfangled technology um <laughs> you know yeah 
but yeah, yeah. So interesting theme, but they're clearly hot and bothered. She, she's all and like their hair is all mussed Tousled. up. Tousled. And they also when when they're starting the generator, they Sam tries it a couple of times, and then she tries it a couple of times, and then they do that thing where they're both holding on to it, and so they're like kind of wrapping their hands around each other's to pull the pull yeah, the Yeah, like the old let me show you how to do the golf Yeah. swing position. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? That's a trope. Yep. Also pool. Yep. Also tennis. Anytime a man is like, let me get behind you and wrap my arms around you so I can show you with my man hands how you do it. Because your woman body can't grasp the position that you need. Anyway, so then uh, they're all they're all hot and bothered and they're back to, the, the radio is back on and they're playing records and stuff. And then they get to dancing and smooching. They start dancing. And also, <laughs> you know, this music is... They've they've splurged their entire music budget on like two songs, yeah, yeah, which are like Tutti Fruity and the Twist, the twist. and then everything else is going to be like public domain or or um, yeah, royalty free music. So they put on like this very weird, not rock and roll. I think that was the one I really liked. Oh yeah, there was a piece of music that was real creepy, and, like, and if you know me, you know I like creepy. Yeah, it was like a cool little... Yeah, but it's like, it's very specifically not rock and roll, which is kind of their whole mandate thing. Well, I don't know. Like, that's the thing that I get confused about when they're talking about, like, people who were opposed to rock and roll. I want to know where the line was drawn, because Mm. music evolution is a... It's just that. It's an evolution, right? So I'm like, at what point does, like, jazz or crooning or, like, I I don't know. Yeah. What point is it cut off and then this is rock and roll? Other than if you self-identify as rock and roll. Like, is it the drums? I wonder if it's something to do with the percussion. I I feel like, I mean, again, my knowledge of this is, like... Not zero, but not a lot more than zero. But I feel like rock and roll, there was like a very specific, like Hang On Sloopy is like probably one of the very first rock and roll records. And it is just kind of objectively, you can actually tell like, oh yeah, this is very different from everything that came before. Right. And I think it has to do with the the, the drums. Um, well, because I guess like, because Elvis is rock and roll. Yeah. Right? But like, so we've got... Um, Blue suede shoes, right? That's we can say that that's rock and roll. Yep. But then, love me tender. Oh yeah, for sure. That's not rock and roll. So, <laughs> I guess that's kind of what I mean. But a rock and roll station could probably feasibly play both of those things and be like, "We're a rock station." Mm-hmm. So that's, I guess, what I thought. I, I just thought that's that was my read on the situation. Is we played fast you know, percussive rock for a while mm-hmm. and now we're going to throw in a, a little slow dance one, which I mean, is yeah, not unusual for I a rock station. It's true. Like they're fighting for their right to play rock music. That doesn't mean that they're, they don't play anything, but fair enough. Well, and Aerosmith did a lot of rock, but then they also did, you know, yeah, that one. Yeah. I could stand up here <laughs> in this sweet surrender. <laughs> no, we can't actually sing the song. I was doing a dramatic reading. <laughs> anyway, um, so he turns on this. Oh, I thought that was the beginning of a story. 
I thought you were going to talk about the time you did a dramatic reading. Of them. No. And then I figured. Someday. You should. I feel like, can I be 100% honest with you right now? I Have you not been? I feel like God. it's time for, you know, that failed experiment of, of William Shatner doing um, um, dramatic readings of pop songs. Failed? <laughs> okay um much much maligned then i think artistically they were interesting but uh-huh. i think it's time this is the time and i am the person to do a resurgence yeah and i honestly think that that's a pretty good song to start with i think it's a fantastic one i think you're right we're not I gonna do it on this podcast up here <laughs> um all right yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so they're smooching and dancing and smooching, and then all of a sudden, Rachel is like... Slappy slap. Here's a fun part of this episode, is she's like, I don't want to do this, she says pretty overtly. You're taking advantage of the situation. Yeah. She doesn't like it, yeah. basically. And yeah. she distances herself. Yeah. And Al's like, no, no, she does like it. <laughs> <laughs> when did Al Pacino show up? Sam (laughs) She loves it Sam She wants you so bad Sam (laughs) And then Sam starts playing And just like Oh I I think you really did enjoy that And maybe you're just like Afraid of how much you like it And she's like No I did not want you to do that Stop Even if I It's so I mean I get it It's Harrison Ford in Star Wars and Harrison Ford in Blade Runner. <laughs> Harrison Ford in The Fugitive. Basically Harrison Ford with women. Like this, Harrison Ford Air Force One. Quote unquote sexy old thing where it's like, you really do want this. And the woman's like, okay, maybe and I And I'm going to force you to admit it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I get that it's a sexy TV and film trope that we are only now being like, that's actually lack of seeking consent and, yeah. or ignoring whatever what they say Uh, like absolutely and in this so yeah in this scene it's like yeah but the moral of the story guys is even if she did like it and then said no that's all yeah that's all you need yeah the question is not did she enjoy it the question is is she saying yeah. yes? Is she giving you enthusiastic consent? Yeah. So Al and Sam have that fun yeah. bit about, no, she really judged like it. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. And to it- be clear, he he, he <laughs> forces us another kiss on her to which she kind of uh, uh She lets capitulates. the second one happen, yeah. yeah. And also, again, this is like a, a, a in about... One minute, we get about 45 seconds of kissing. It's a lot. It's They linger on this a lot. I mean, and uh, Al, on the other hand, so Al, I will, so okay, moving, still dissecting the scene for a second. Because um, he's like, she does like it, so what you do is you go in real aggressive and then you pull back a bit. But as he's saying it, Sam's already doing it. And I was like, great. Uh, next you should. And then cuts himself off because Sam is basically doing. He's doing fine. Everything that Al would suggest. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not needed here. I guess so, you got a uh, handle on it, Pally. 
but he keeps watching, even though he's like, guess I'll go, but keeps watching and is like, I'll uh, maybe put on a long record, I guess. So you can fuck her blue. <laughs> fuck her blue. And it's like, I'll, uh, I think he's like, geez, Louise, at one point he says, and I, it's, it's almost like he's hurt. <laughs> like his ego is a bit hurt that Sam doesn't need him to tell him how to make love to a lady. Yeah. And Al feels, yeah, that his his area of expertise has been his throne has been usurped. <laughs> like the only thing I bring to the table, you also brought. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's kind of fun. Yeah. Oh, I would also like to note that um, so he's wearing like a okay outfit, not nothing that I wrote home about. Um, except that he's wearing that sunglasses pin that he wore. I missed it again. Next time you gotta point it out to I me. I will. I will. Yeah. It's like my pokeroo. <laughs> he's worn it a few... Yeah, this is the second time I've seen it, like, on another episode. So that's kind of fun. I guess it was such a splash the first time. They what if like... it's, like, a clue and, like, later on, like, they'll have a big reveal about it. And then you can go back and rewatch it and be like, the glasses were there the whole time! <laughs> Or, like, when he's in the holodeck or whatever, he has to wear these, like, visor, like, this glasses. These yeah. glasses. Anyway. Those glasses. <laughs> glasses. Um, so the next... Uh, <laughs> Fred! Fred's Fred! thing is he, he cuts down, like, the wire, their transmission wire, whatever that means. He, like, he cuts it. There's big electrical sparks. They're off the air. They're off the air, and uh, the young people, by the way, are outside protesting. Yeah, they're this whole yelling, time. and they love. They have their cars with the radios on, and they're they they want the rock and roll. They want the rock and the roll. Um, but uh, Sam is is you know making out with um Rachel, Rachel, and and suddenly opens his eyes and looks over at the <laughs> control board and goes like, "Oh my god, like we're not transmitting anymore." Yep. Um. And, uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, I don't really remember what happened between well, that and the axe. Well, um, I'll, I'll fill it in a little bit. Um, they're like, oh, no, we're not transmitting anymore. There's nothing left we can do. Blah, 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 blah. And then the phone rings, uh, and it's Fred, and, um, Rachel says, it doesn't oh, rain, yeah. but it pours, which in this context... Not particularly a meaningful sentiment, but she goes and has a conversation. And, bird in uh, the hand is worth bird two in the, hand, the bush. Bird in the bush. And she has a conversation with, um, um, what's it, Fred? And she's like, no, we're not going to stop playing rock and roll. And he's like, but you, you're not broadcasting. And she's like, we'll find a way and blah, blah, blah. She hangs up and Sam goes, what did you just say? It doesn't rain, but it pours like a minute and a half ago. And she goes, yes. And he goes, the rain gutters, <laughs> which is my fifth least favorite um, TV trope. Yeah. Because, A, the the thing that they said is always meaningless in context. It doesn't rain, but it pours. Yeah. Was barely applicable to this situation. Yeah. B, if something tr- triggers an idea, it's not going to happen a minute and a half later. Like, remember? Yeah, was, that's like, right. It's you, like, you'd forget about it by that point. It's so close to that thing of like, what did you just say? Oh, I just said, hey, dear. No, before that, uh, I said... There's pot roast. Pots! Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just... I'm... I'm yeah, ugh. Um, <laughs> so he uh, realizes that the rain gutters on the building are copper and he can use them as transmitters. Uh, um, so... Cause he's science. Because he's science. Uh, so he goes, does that, makes science happen. Uh, the radio's turned back on. All the rock and roll kids are happy. 
And Fred is just furious. And he's like, because there's nothing more he can do. He's like, he, he, they have power and they have transmission. Like, there's, he can't stop them anymore. There's nothing exterior he can do. Fred's like, go and arrest them. They're breaking the law. And again, the mayor and the police chief are like, no. No. We won't. Uh, and he's like, fine, I'll do what you should have done hours ago. And he grabs an axe. A fucking axe. I'm like, murder them? <laughs> like, I'm gonna, like... like <laughs> murder them with an axe? The shining Fred? them? And his wife is like, Fred! Fred, stop it! Fred, what the You're hell? You're crazy! <laughs> it's just rock and roll, Fred. And uh, he starts chopping down the door really poorly. He doesn't, like, yeah. go for the, like, weak part of the door or, like, I don't know. I guess I would be, like, go for the lock. Yeah, like, well, I mean, bear, bear in mind that they've barricaded themselves in. That's something we didn't mention on the air. But they've piled all the couches and tables up against the front. Do they know that? I think there's windows in the doors. I don't know. Plus, presumably they tried pushing on the doors at one point. Still, he's... It's, yeah, but let's he's... Let's also clarify that it's, like, barely more than a hatchet. Like, it's a small it's axe. It's like a fire axe. Yeah, it's what you would need... To, I, I don't know. But he's just chipping away yeah, at the door. And yeah. he's an old man. He's an old So man. it's, like, just little pieces of slivers flying yeah. off. And I don't know what his plan is. Yeah. Um, and then... This is a, a kind of a confusing thing where, um, they they so they they've put on a record and they hear the glass break in the front door. So they run out there and say, "Oh my God, he's breaking in with an axe. He's going to murder us." What can we possibly do? We've already said everything on the air that we think we can say. We've already uh, tried to prove that rock and roll is a good thing. We've uh, barricaded ourselves in here. We've, we're out of ideas. And then. Al says, oh, look, I've got an idea. And he just turns his Palm Pilot over to look at Sam. Yeah. To, or to face Sam so Sam can read it. Sam, like, to looks at it. show what Ziggy says, yeah. basically. Sam looks at it for a second. He goes, that's a great idea. He runs back into the studio. Magically, he's now got a piece of paper in his hand, which he didn't have before. Yeah. The f Okay, so for those of you who haven't seen it, this little Ziggy thing like whatever it is palm violet um i think if you google like ziggy quantum leap that little thing comes up so i think we can call it ziggy sure even if it's not yeah the whole computer or yeah. whatever um so if you look at ziggy the palm violet there's like no big screen there's got, maybe a, like a tiny like little a like you know how pagers yeah, yeah yeah like a beeper or something yeah. like that kind of screen like you could maybe type boobs on it with <laughs> and i would <laughs> Oh, <laughs> eating boobs. Um, and uh, so you wouldn't really be able to read much on it, let alone, hey, Beeman said this. Yeah. Read it. But also there's flashing lights, you... which may be a code. No. <laughs> like, basically, what did he show Sam? Did it say, like, Beeman said something. Find it. Like, like this, this newspaper, this date... This page. There was only enough room for a few words yeah. and only enough time to read those two words. It's not even like he stared at it for like a minute and read a scrolling yeah. message. Yeah. So suddenly he gets, he gleans from that that he should, um, that he should find a statement that Beeman wrote or said after he came home from the war about protecting, how he fought for freedom yeah. and you know but also sam just runs into the studio like we know no time has passed because 
Beeman hasn't gotten any further with his door hacking. Yeah. He just like runs into the studio. He like he, he says like, "Oh, we got this from the archive of the newspaper or whatever." This is like a 10-year-old newspaper article from a specific date written by a specific guy. It would have taken How did they have it just lying the 50s, around? It wasn't like I'll go on the internet and find this. Yeah. Give me five minutes. Like, right now, sure, I could go and look up, like, you know, Jim Beeman, Fred Beeman, whatever. But, like, no. Yeah, they don't have, no. like, an entire newspaper archive in the They're a radio, radio station. St- a rock and roll radio station. Like, I don't know. And I also question, so, like, he used his own words against him and that worked. But I find it a huge gamble after what it, it didn't work. Earlier, he read um, a part of the, the Constitution. Yeah. Is that right? About uh, freedom yeah, the of first, speech. The first, he just the reads first the First Amendment. Amendment. Yeah. yeah. I don't know much about that document, yeah. but I hear it's important. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hit or miss. <laughs> um, yeah. He reads part of that, and that didn't work. But what did work was reading him his own words yeah. about why he fought in the war. But I'm like, so this is a patriotic fellow... Like, I guess, I guess it just, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's very hard to fathom. And like, it's like, it's one of those things that Beeman is hacking at the door. And then he hears that his own words coming from a car radio. And he goes, oh, I guess they're right. He doesn't say that. Though. Oh, well, he, 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 he just says stops. like, he stops. That's not what I meant. Yeah. That's not what I meant. Is what he sort of starts saying. Yeah, and then well, his wife like puts a blanket around him and walks him away. Oh, I, I assumed that what he what he was saying was like, I didn't mean shutting this down this different. radio. This, this, is this is different. This is different. This is different. But that's that's the thing is that if you wrote a newspaper article in favor of the First Amendment, you don't like. Ten years later, you're not being like, oh well, fuck the First Amendment. Like he fully thought his two things were consistent with each other. And there's no reason that reading these words would actually make him think otherwise. The The reason he thought... He didn't forget that he loved freedom. Yeah. He just thought that that freedom didn't apply to rock and roll. Yeah. And there's no nothing that Sam said that would change his mind on that issue. He was just like, hey, remember how much you love the First Amendment? But he's like, yeah, but I also think rock and roll is harming our kids and therefore is not privy to it. Yeah, politics don't work like that without getting too much into it. Like, Republicans believe in freedom yeah. in a way that I think... We don't. People, yeah, that Democrats and Republicans have a different idea of what freedom is, Yeah, I think. So it's bullshit. Um, it's complete bullshit. If he doesn't, if he thinks rock and roll is ruining kids, then that's his idea of like keeping people free from rock and roll. Yeah. Just like, you know, yeah. Exactly in the way that like, you know, um, hate speech largely isn't protected under the First Amendment or the cl- cliche of yelling fire in a crowded theater is not protected speech. Like in the same way, if you think that rock and roll is actively harmful, then you think that it is exempt from this First Amendment. That's a lot for a Friday morning. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, he, he just kind of loses his steam and he like puts down the axe and his wife says, Come on, Fred, let's go home. To which you had a reaction. What did I say? Well, you just said, you're going to jail. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Because like, there's a ton of police officers here. This man took an axe. To private property. To private property. 
So there goes the train on the way to who knows where. Oh, sassy little train time. <laughs> anyway, come on, Fred. Let's go to jail. Come on, Fred. You're very <laughs> much under arrest. <laughs> she wraps his coat around him and says, you're going to need this for the cold night in Pokey. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, so they wander off and like fully... I'm going to say 1.5 seconds later, Sam and Rachel come out of the radio station to, like, many applause and, like, they're heroes and stuff. But Which is confusing to me because I'm like, how do they know they've won yet? Exactly. And how do they, like... What if Fred just turned around immediately and was like, I can go in now. Yeah. <laughs> and also, Charges like, them with the axe. If they had barricaded the door, it would take, like... A they minute or two. Come out, yeah. It'd take a minute or two to pull the couch and stuff away from the door. There was like a huge, like the reception desk, two couches, mm-hmm. another couch. Another table. It would take time. Yeah. And also I'd be like, hang back, have a little sex. Also, <laughs> yeah, have a little sex. And also like you still have a radio show. Like you're the only yeah. two people operating the radio. Everyone's be... been fighting for you to have your radio show. <laughs> like, and you're like, radio is time for the day. And they're like, no. The other DJ at the station has been one of the ones like leading the like protest out front. So maybe yeah. like as soon as they come out, he's like, "Oh, now's my time to shine. <laughs> it's Timmy's turn." <laughs> oh no. Um, and uh, then we get, of course, the classic. Um, well, you've managed to save the radio station, but there's still one more thing you need to do, Sam. And he's got to smooch Rachel again. Of course. Of course. But but then doesn't he say something that's kind of like a a nice um way to ease the transition back into Chick 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 Dickerson's leap back into himself because he says something like let's take it slow or like let's get to know each other. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Which I guess makes sense because if when Howlin' Chuck comes back, he's going to be like, "Oh, are a we lot a has couple? Changed. Are we a couple now?" Did we fuck? I don't remember any of Oh my this. god, I don't remember fucking my boss. <laughs> like, oh. Oh no. I'm married. She thinks we're engaged and I'm, honestly, I'm just in it for the fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been very clear up about that up until this point. Yeah, so. why, did it, why in the last like 48 hours did I behave in an entirely different way? <laughs> she likes somebody else. It's quantum leap, I guess. But that's true. Like, fully, it was Sam who seduced her. She did not like Chick Chickerson they at all. They hated each other. They, well, she hated him, and then apparently Chick Chickerson was, like, into her. But, like, she hated him and yelled at him all day long every day. Well, that's why I also assumed, like, Swiss cheese memory when Sam was like, like, she, you know when someone just rubs you the wrong yeah, way true. and you don't know why? It's like, so maybe he, like, had the hots for her, but not in a way that was like, I like this person. Yeah. You know, like, just in a, I don't know. No, it's true. But also, like, yeah. And then Sam came in, and Sam fell in love with her. Chick Chickerson got to leap, leap back in and be like, oh my god, she's so mean to me all the time. I don't like her. How did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> and then they get married, and he's in a life of misery. He's like, I'm not even attracted to her. I don't, like, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm into different types of, no, never mind. It's like it's just like like what you, yeah, Sam what Sam like, is in I like men. I'm, like, I oh man, Timmy, oh he's my 
my life partner, Timmy's, That's left me now. Timmy, <laughs> Timmy is the only person who said at the beginning of the episode that he likes her. Maybe, yeah. maybe uh, <gasps> Chick Chickerson loves Timmy and is just like, oh, uh, yeah, no, that Rachel, she sure is a hot mama. God. <laughs> he just ruined Chick's life. <laughs> Howlin' Chick. Chuckerson. <laughs> anyway, um, so before he leaves, do you have anything to plug, Leet? Yeah, I always have my great um, movie pitching podcast, The Pitch Off Project, that comes out on Wednesdays, Thursdays, Friday, Tuesdays. Cool. It comes out on Tuesday. I just listened to your most the recent one episode. That, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, it was a good episode. You were very silly. <laughs> Unlike here, where I'm very serious. Yeah. Do you have any other serious things? I do. I am very serious on my uh, other podcast, On a Dark Cold Night, which is a bedtime ghost story podcast. So if you're a horror fan who has trouble relaxing, like me, have a listen. <laughs> what? <laughs> if you're a horror fan who has a hard time relaxing. <laughs> is that your target demo? <laughs> Horror fans who have a hard time relaxing? Yeah. No, I say if you like horror and you have a problem with insomnia or you like calm, you, you, you want something to calm yourself down at night. Okay, so... This is the show for you, my friend. So all you people who love horror but don't have a hard time relaxing or who hate horror but have a hard time relaxing, no, don't listen. Don't you are that. not welcome here. <laughs> so he leaps into... Basically a bat mitzvah that's going on. Yeah, he's a rabbi at a bat mitzvah, and he says, instead of, oh boy, he says, Oi vey, I'm the rabbi. <laughs> and that's it, that's I'm another one. I'm the rabbi. Where the entire, the, I mean, this one is like a little higher stakes than like I'm sitting in a radio station with the words I need to read sitting here in my hand. He like, he, <laughs> presumably, he, his, well, he does have a degree in ancient languages, so maybe his Hebrew is great. That's actually, Yeah. He's probably going to be... He probably understood everything that was just said from the Torah. Um, Actually, yeah. I was going to say... Because we leave and they are like mid-reading. Yeah. Or just the end of one. Yeah. But like if anyone would be okay who... Well... I mean, we we don't know. Yeah. Unless you're what? Catholic? No, no, no. I meant like I was gonna say like, wouldn't someone with a like a PhD in ancient languages be absolutely at home here more than anyone else? And then I was like, well, or people who are Jewish. Like, yeah, <laughs> I see. So um, that's why I stopped that thought is because a lot of people would be very comfortable in that situation. Yeah, but also like maybe like you know maybe he just doesn't know Hebrew. Maybe he know has knows a lot of ancient languages. His Greek is good. His Latin is good. His um, um uh, what's that Egyptian one? hieroglyphs are great. What's the one that they think? Sumerian. Starts with an A. Um, oh, uh, the Jesus one? Yeah. Um, Aramaic. Aramaic. Well, so uh, what's your prediction? Or do we just want to like wait and see whether Sam knows how to read Hebrew? Well, you know what? Every time he leaps, like DJ situation here or the one where he, uh, he uh, 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 blind faith, he leapt like... And he was playing, you know, piano at a concert. Like, sure, we've had very performative stuff right, recently. Yeah, and every time we've thought, is this the beginning of the concert or the end or the middle? Because that'll depend how, that'll influence how screwed he is. 
Yeah. Um, and in every case, it's been the end. Like, even the one today, like, he leapt. Sure, he had to read an advertisement, but, like... It was the he, end of his show. Yeah, he wasn't at the beginning and, like, I have an hour to get through and yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing. So, he, the show treats treats him gently in that way. So, I imagine this is the end. Actually, I think it was, because didn't they say something like, and now... Well, no, it, it little just, girl is a. She's a bat mitzvah, but then he also the the other guy who's standing next to the. Oh yeah. Leans over and says, "Rabbi, no," or like, "Rabbi, you're up," or "Rabbi, go." Do something, Rabbi. <laughs> make 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 prayer happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, I he he clearly has uh, something to do. I don't know how these how the ceremony works for bet mitzvahs but um he'll have something to do i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) sam was left in for a reason but that won't be what the whole thing is about probably um let's see rabbi is teacher so um probably someone's gonna come to him with a with a quandary like with with a, a quantum quandary a quantum quandary and uh he'll need to help them through it and yeah yeah <laughs> i'm being very vague he's gonna uh, have to help someone again, that's um, every premise of me, every quantum leap episode. Um, oh yeah find the, the title oh it's not super helpful it, the episode title is thou shalt not uh-huh so someone's gonna come up and be like oh oh i know Wait, he and maybe he's in love with someone else's wife, and he more mm. than anyone knows that that's wrong, because thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's. But Sam definitely covets people's wives all the time. <laughs> yeah, but it's okay because he is the person for a little bit. Right, well... I don't believe that. I'm just saying that's how the logic of the show is. <laughs> You know? Yeah, I do. Is it, so uh, that's your prediction? Is he's, going, he's in love with somebody's wife? Or somebody's what? Well, yeah, he's leapt into someone who's having an affair. Oh, interesting. And uh, thou shalt not. But thou shalt tune in next week for the next episode of Oh, oh Boy, Boy, It's, it's Kristen, Kristen and Lee. That was really good, Lee. I know, right? I know. <laughs> Bye. Bye, I love you. Thank you.